It's common knowledge that for the last 40 years, Canada has been a fertile breeding ground for comedians. Sure, we all know Dan Aykroyd, Tommy Chong, Martin Short, John Candy, Phil Hartman, Howie Mandel, Seth Rogen, Tom Green, Norm MacDonald, Russell Peters, Will Arnett, and Mike Myers. They're all proof this country churns out chuckles at a factory pace. But there's also the frantics, Gavin Crawford, Nikki Payne, Fraser Young, Jason Rouse, Rick Mercer, Deborah D. Giovanni, and Mike McDonald. Living north of the American border affords Canadians the vantage point of looking in from the outside, and the results have usually been hilarious. Growing up in the city that spawned SCTV, The Kids in the Hall, Wayne's World, Jim Carrey, and Lorne Michaels, some of the comedy bug rubbed off on me by just becoming a huge fan of comedy, period. It's only in the last few years have I started to cool my rabid comedy album collecting. Along with it being a comedy hotbed, Toronto is also a preferred Hollywood movie locale, and I've been lucky enough to have met a few comedy heroes of mine over the years. A previous podcast episode with Scott Thompson of of the Kids in the Hall fame was one such moment captured for all to hear here on this podcast. This episode is another such instance, and it's with Sean Cullen. Sean Cullen is just about the funniest guy you'll ever see, you'll ever meet, you'll ever hear. Time magazine called him the vanguard of comedy's next generation. Big words to live up to, but his work proves he's risen to the occasion. I became aware of Sean through his comedy troupe Corky and the Juice Pigs. Maybe fans of Mad TV might be aware of them too from their many appearances on the show. Since going solo, Cullen has been on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, The Ellen Show, which was the Ellen DeGeneres sitcom, and most recently, Last Comic Standing. He's had his own CBC television show appropriately titled The Sean Cullen Show, put out two solo album, two solo comedy albums, Sean Cullen Live and I Am a Human Man, and written five books for young adults. He also hosts his own podcast called The Sean Pod. With all that on his plate, Sean was still gracious enough to stop by on our podcast, and the result is this episode. I have to admit, during the taping... I could not believe Sean Cullen was at my place. I wouldn't say I was starstruck, but rather very impressed with myself, even though Nick was the one who brought him down. Once again, a big thank you to Blue Mic Microphones. Thank you very much. Skull Candy Headphones, Vans Shoes, and thanks to everyone who has left a review or a rating on iTunes. Every rating, every review that is submitted really Really, it just helps the podcast's ranking. It helps the podcast's profile on iTunes. I've read them all, and I appreciate each and every one of them, so thank you very much for leaving them. Okay, without further ado, Sean Cullen is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. Okay, 
Okay, we're here. We're starting. Um, cause, uh, What's this name of this uh, podcast? The official Danko Jones podcast. It's official now. It's the official, official one. Yeah, this is official. Is there an unofficial one that has been uh, co- competing with you? Well, yeah, we've never really Dranko, cleared... Dranko Jones is doing oh, this thing. Gosh. We've never cleared that issue up as to why it's called official, but I used to do a podcast before the whole podcast phenomenon. Back in Just alone in your room talking. Oh four. Right. It's oh, called talking to five. yourself. Is what it's called. <laughs> no, in 05. podcast begins. <laughs> yeah, Why I, am I so sad? I had Bluetooth like way before anyone else had Bluetooth. It was just a me <laughs> pushing my phone into someone's face. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's uh, let's introduce our guest here. Hello. Our, uh, I am a huge fan of our guest today, um, Mr. Sean Cullen. Uh, Comedians, comedian, um, frog, uh, witches and children. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's basically like starting up with everyone's favorite guy. <laughs> Some people's favorite guy. The, the back of the room is dying. I didn't mean it as a bad but thing. No, I, I meant know, it I'm as the bad. ultimate compliment. I mean, uh, in, in some ways, it, I, it is, you know. Like, I, no, I look. I'm in the same boat, back, yeah. but much less, but a much smaller boat. With well, less. you have a boat that is not really powered. It's yeah, driven exactly. by your, your it's, own it's, strength. It's a miniature boat on a mantelpiece. That's and nice. Um, Pretend I'm in back it. in the. I don't know. We're going back. Maybe the early '90s. Mm-hmm. There used to be these uh, stand-up comedian specials where they would cut up a bunch of people. And there was one show, like it's on Global at 11 o'clock at night, and they had Norm Macdonald on, they had Ellen DeGeneres on, just all these montages of like funny lines. And Corky and the Juice Pigs, which is your old band, mm-hmm. had this thing, uh, had this song you guys were playing, and I had no idea who you guys were at the time, and you blew my mind I was recording it because I used to record all these like comedy specials and stuff and I watched that bit only that bit over and over and over again it was this thing and then you you did this song and then you did it in different ways and then the final one was you, like uh, di- someone who's dyslexic and then you did the song again I don't know if you remember oh. that oh Gee whiz it was it was, it was a song it was a was song it like a gay Eskimo it could have been that, well, but everything was, like was backwards. Marcy, I'm okay. No, 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 it wasn't that. It wasn't no, that. I'm not sure. But uh, anyways, I remember well, we that. did this thing called the the game two game show host meet on the street, which wasn't a song, but it was like, "Hi, Bill, how are you? Right. I'm yeah. just fine since I got my brand new Ford Vega." It's beautiful. And whatever that we do, it wasn't a Ford Vega, it was a Chevy Vega. I think it was that. Yeah, I, and then two dyslexic game show announcers meet on the street. Bill, hi, you or how? <laughs> Fine, Joss Bob. <laughs> Vega Chevy, you just got. Man, it was weird. I, I remember I saw you guys corking the juice pigs not once in a day, but twice in a day at the Rivoli, the mat, the All Ages matinee, and also the later show. So wow, was, how old were you then? I was probably. 13 or 14. Jeez. Yeah. I was wow. And you got 15. into the Dirty Late Show, too. Yeah, I somehow managed to make it happen. And uh, I was I was also a huge fan. Well, that's nice. We're, we're, yeah. we're big fans. Well, and, you mean, know what? I think the Juice Pigs probably would have done a lot better now when there's so much social media and so much uh, internet. Right. Mm-hmm. People would have yeah. found yeah. it and, it and it would have gone viral. A group like Garfunkel and Oates or something, you kind of yeah. see. And, and the ability to really make videos around it, I think, is just... I mean, but in a weird 
weird way, that was what made you so unique was the video for for pandas. You know, when I was yeah. when I was a kid and I watched that, I was I was just like, wow, I think. A, this song is hilarious, but B, this video is hilarious. And the idea of hilarious videos was still such a novelty. Well, you know. there was no place to play them. Right. I mean, um, you know, and it, it, the, when we first got, when the first video, music video started coming out and much music was playing videos, it was so intense and real. And you, know, and you had yeah. to have so much muscle behind you to get your video in rotation. Right. And mm-hmm. then we yeah. were just ourselves. And yeah. people loved the video, but. That didn't translate into it getting on sure. very regularly. So we got a factor grant, I think, to do REM video, yeah. uh, and that was fun and weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, it was, I don't know. It, it just, it's what's really great now is that you can just make your own video and put it up on the internet, and people yeah. can come and find it. You don't have to wait for a network to approve. Yeah. And I think that's the way the world is going to go. There's going to be servers mm-hmm. where you download the entertainment you want, and networks are slowly going to erode. To nothing. But do you think there's going to be some sort of greater entertainment power in that sense? You know what I mean? Who will be controlling those servers? I don't servers? know. Something will happen. I mean, it'll be people like uh, Google will be. Yeah. Know, I mean, they'll yeah. become the new networks, you know? Yeah. But I, 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 the philosophy, the basic philosophy of Google mm-hmm. is a lot more open than networks ever were. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's still. It's literally open. It's like yeah, open yeah. source. Yeah, and so like, well, you can, if you don't like that, you don't like that. Uh-huh. And, and what's great about most things on the internet is you go looking for it, so you can't complain that it's somehow filthy. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like the great thing about HBO is they can yeah. make shows, and right. you subscribe, and yeah. you want to see it. So you're not going to call in and say, "There's people touching each other on that show, and I don't <laughs> like it." You I got like it. it, so you, you know that's what you paid for. Danko, you guys had my my favorite um, my favorite version of Silver Cup. Do you, oh my God! Do you remember that actually, show? I'm glad that someone heard that. Uh, yeah, yeah. fire it up! Cup. Everybody wants that Silver Cup. <laughs> fire <laughs> it up! Is that a hockey song? Oh yeah! yeah well, yeah, it was for the uh, TSN uh, during the playoffs. Right? Yeah, uh, years ago uh, they were getting TSN was getting different bands and different singers to do this one song. That was um, written by Andy Curran, uh, yeah. formerly of Coney Hatch, and uh, about the Stanley Cup called Silver Cup. So we asked permission if we could rewrite it. We wrote, we rewrote it, and then I met Dave Hodge that day. And growing up with uh, Hockey Night in Canada, the and this guy walks in, yeah. and Dave Hodge, whether yeah. people know it or not. Now, this is very Canadian for a lot of people listening. They might not know who Dave Hodge is. He was the voice of our version of um, Monday Night Football yeah. as Hockey Night in Canada. He was the voice. He's of the, the John Madden kind of. You yeah, know. exactly. He comes in. He has all our records. He knows who Nico Case is. Yeah. He wanted to know our opinion on the Sadies. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> staring at him. I couldn't believe that this guy knew. It was so. Well, there's a weird music. kind of indie rock connection with hockey. Some in some like because right. Ron McLean is like totally into like you Ron just was keep, another guy. Yeah, it's like you hear uh, Winter Sleep. And uh, like they, they use these songs as the opening for a sa- hockey night in Canada, the Saturday night. It's equivalent of like Monday night football in Canada, but it's just like crazy. They yeah. use all this uh, indie music to kind of roll into the, mm-hmm. the show. And I don't know, it's something weird. I mean, I, but you know, Boy Devereaux had his own record labels, also a hockey player, okay. and you know, yeah. and he came on my 
my show at the I used to do at the Drake and played uh, you know keep on rocking in the free world. It was yeah. quite an exciting time for us. Yeah, that sounds. Did you dance? I danced about. When I first met you, um, I don't even know if you remember this. We were playing at the City TV building, the Much Music building. Was it the Schmooze or something? Yeah, it was yeah. the Schmooze. We were in the parking lot. We played one song. And the Stampeders were playing that day, too. Didn't they do Sweet City Woman? But like when they turned it, it was for the film festival. For, film fe- for yeah. the Toronto the International Toronto Film Festival. Yeah. There was like a big party at the Much Music building. Right, right. And uh, we, we were... I've been outside set- of it with the notebook trying to get autographs every year. Well, that's exactly. sad for you. But it is, yeah, but... but- and, rewarding, uh, rewarding in terms of there's all kinds of all kinds of people, newscasters, local uh, actors who are you know nationally known, some international people. I zeroed in on Sean because mm-hmm. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm an honest to goodness fan. And to get in with you, we were setting up our gear on the stage, and you were looking at the stage, and I saw you looking at us. I, w- I don't know if you remember this, but I went to you, I looked at you, and I said, "Food of choice." Big fan. Gross. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I, I was afraid. I was frightened by you at that time. I, I, that's all I said to you, and I, 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 I was trying to get in with you through right. your you your bits. Um, it's uh, and then that was it's it. It's creepy when that happens. Yeah, no. and I, I mean, have you had that happen to you, where someone just comes up to you and says the name of a song and then backs away while staring at you slowly? I mean, I'm assuming that's what you did I after guess, you said food of choice. Well, you saying that back to me is making me realize that I no, probably freaked it was you very out. Nice, you know, people. It's nice to be in any way. Food of that. choice right. is one of uh, Sean's uh, one of Sean's bits. If yes, you, if you check I, out. A, you, I ask people for a food, and then I think of an elaborate way to kill them with it. It's it, it's, dude, it's, it's on exquisite. YouTube. Yeah. it's on YouTube. I've got the CD. So I, now I feel YouTube. like a loser. You are. You're a winner. Oh, it's anyways. Thank you. You've got your own microphone. I got my own that microphone. That makes you a winner. I got an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, cool, right? Yeah, iPhones? for sure. And then um, uh, uh, afterwards, now this is this is where the story takes a turn, is I saw you uh, maybe a month or two later. You were doing the producers at the time, right? Oh, my On God. Young Street. Yeah. And uh, I walked by. We were walking by each other on the side of the street where the Eaton Center is. Yeah. So what side is that? That's the west side? Yeah. That would be the west side. And... Uh, I walked by you and I was like, hey. And I said nothing to you. And you walked by. Ooh. And you were in the uh, zone. Christ. I'm sure you were in the zone. But hey, man, I wasn't. What a I wasn't bastard in, I am. I wasn't in my stage gear, but okay. I, was, I noted it. And this podcast, some of the people that have been on the podcast, I have very similar stories about wow. them and us. So, just so you walk by. Yeah, you walk by and I. I uh, I basically just well, it isn't stonewalled you. Yeah, you just walk by. But you know, who knows what you could? I mean, it was right across the street from the theater. Another man on the street. Yeah, so I, you know, I remember these things. I can never imagine anyone would recognize me on the street. So I probably was frightened by you. Well, hey, thought you were mad. I ended up subscribing to your podcast. Well, yeah, it it didn't. I now I would like. My meeting story, I don't have a general meeting story because I can't remember the first time we ever I actually... came to see you at the Drake doing yes. uh, your show. Yes, and then you played the Drake a I few know, times and I it was did. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. But but I remember seeing you at Rivoli because you were hosting mm-hmm. a show that I was with Graham Wagner and we were doing the, those interviews at and you went up doing an interview later on like an improvised interview with Graham. Do you remember that? Oh, at the I Drake? do. And it was really fun and we started the show with that. But I... But that one you were hosting, and I hadn't seen you really live, I don't think, uh, maybe since Corky and the Juice Pigs. And like, it was a disappointment. It was whatever, what's the opposite of it? It was an appointment. 
It was a total appointment. <laughs> you were appointed. With great times. And I was just like, because I was just starting new comedy and having that early stage, uh, like, not confidence. And you just shot that to pieces because I was like, well, this is amazing. I, I just was really the the improvised aspects and the and and just the the just where you were going. I realized I was just I was just so impressed. This is now getting very embarrassing. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'm lathering you up. Are, be, yeah, you the, a Nick shave. and I are listen, a hot shave listen, in a second. Hot shave. We get, we I get, shouldn't be embarrassed for this. Is so Canadian to be like. I'm sorry. I'm complimenting you. We get we get a lot of guests here from the music end of things. Scott Thompson's been on this. Nikki Payne's also been on sure. the podcast. Oh, it's it's lately it's been just a lot of b- bunch of band guys and and you boho know, musicians. We're like, yeah, hey, how's it going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but then when we get uh, comedians, uh, we kind of fall over each other. I really, it's a it's a d- different thing for it's it's weird at least job. for me. What's I'm weird a, is about you know rock and roll and comedy. Huge comedians want to be rock and rollers. Rock and rollers want to be comedians. But you, and, you, you do both. You <laughs> incorporate a lot of that, yeah. and that's why I also thought, well, there's the bridge. We can have. Sean on, and we can talk about music very seamlessly. Was there like music? Did, were you music and comedy? Was it rising at the same time for you? Your interest in both? And you well, just it kind of came as a, a. I don't know. I mean, I always sang, and yeah. I, you know, comedy. When we first started, the Juice Pigs, we started by doing. You'd be at. Um, We'd be at parties at university, and we'd just be improvising and try and like right. keep keep it going and. And then we, when we did the, um, we did an, an amateur comedy contest, uh-huh. and we said, oh, we should do some songs too, just to keep like a variety, because we can all sing, and we should do that. So it ended up working out great uh, for that, and you know, it just kind of heightens the whole experience with right. comedy. You can do the spoken word, and then the song kind of lifts. Shifting the show. around is so fun. Well, to yeah. Be able and to then do. we tried to be fast-paced and yeah. keep moving and keep people guessing as to what was going to come next because I was in bands for a really long time and uh, but they were like punk rock bands so my type of singing if I were to break into a song would be I don't know what it would screaming. be and be screaming. screaming. I'd have to do a well, screaming what's, what's your background with music? Well, what, what? I never really learned to play any instruments. So when I was a kid, I, I took piano lessons and violin lessons. Mm-hmm. I sang in the Kiwanis Festival, you know, every year. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never was really trained at all as a singer. And, and uh, I did musicals in high school. And then I, on a whim, I kind of auditioned for drama school. But uh, I went there. I got kind of booted after three years and uh, I don't know it's just I kind of fell into comedy Mm -hmm. the thing about acting is you just have to be somebody else's you have to be fit into someone else's vision with comedy you write your own show and you're you're in it and uh, it's kind of led to a lot of good things but I don't know. I I don't know. My musical background. I love music. I mean, That's my, what my I'm, family's musical. Yeah. As I'm a not, fan, yeah. What what what, what well, was your path? I, me, I just read. I used to love. From I like. I'm, what I, what's funny is I have Sirius satellite radio right now yeah. in my car. Great and station. A great station is seventies. Uh, the seventies on seven, and it's all this music. When I remember, I would go home from school and eat soup. Uh, and uh, you know, at the uh, at lunchtime, be, my mom would be listening to the radio, and I just remember all these songs, and I had a propensity for learning lyrics of songs. So, what kind of songs? Oh, like uh, "Give It a Free People to Free My Soul," gonna get lost, right. and uh, or like "Every Day I Go to Sleep and Leave the Lights On." 
weird uh, kind of 70s gold, you know, like been through the desert on a horse with no right. name. America. Like melodic mm-hmm. rock, you know. Yeah. And the 70s was a time when, you know, there'd be that radio would be like, it's, here's one from Black Sabbath and now Terry Jacks. Right. And yeah. you'd just be like jumping all over the map. And that kind of appealed to my sense of my sensibility. Yeah. And uh, I always loved music, and you know, I went on to like Joe Jackson and yeah. Elvis Costello and people like that, Nick Lowe, and but I never played mm-hmm. because I think my voice was my instrument, and mm-hmm. and even with comedy, when I left the Juice Pigs, I didn't want to play. I didn't want to have something that I had to hold on to and move. You like having be a, anchored a, a, to something. like almost a support. I like to have someone. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I prefer that. Yeah, I think of myself more as an entertainer or a cabaret performer uh-huh. than I do a. A musical stand-up. I see that as well. Right. Yeah. yeah I never. I mean, it, I always viewed it as as like very very separate things in in a sense with you. In that you know you could perform for twenty stand-up for whatever x amount of minutes without pulling out a song. You yeah. Know? Like the song mm. is a it's like a cherry. It's a crutch. Top. Yeah. <laughs> Times is reporting on the stuff Rob Ford is doing because it's crazy. Because we, uh, it's it's taking. We had a, a crazy mayor 15 years ago. Uh, was you know yeah. no, Lastman yeah. was was uh, you know a but he wasn't salesman. threatening. He wasn't that threatening the way no, Rob Ford he was kind of fun because he, yeah. But but it, but it also and he could take a joke. He could take a joke. Started with his inauguration where yeah. he had uh, the ultimate right winger right. Don Cherry speak at it and <laughs> tell all the pinkos that their time was done. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're like what. Pinkos. <laughs> yeah. Is this nineteen forty eight? What what is going on? People are just trying to live in a you city. You bike here. riding pinkos. <laughs> so if you ride a bike, obviously Lance Armstrong, giant pinko. Right. Yeah. yeah. The old so, timiest right. form of transport is yeah. suddenly uh, suddenly yes, you horse riding <laughs> horse lovers. Look at that guy in the park. <laughs> Walking on his feet. Loser. Get a car. Right. Anyway. Oh God. <laughs> Rollerbladers, though. How do we feel? I'm a bit frightened by them. <laughs> Me too. There's one of uh, there was a uh, joke someone said in our um, and I know I shouldn't laugh at it, but in our hockey dressing room one day, he says, "What's the hardest part about rollerblading?" Telling your parents you're gay. It's a classic. It is a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. And you have to laugh a little bit every time. Although there's some very manly rollerbladers and yeah. womenly. Yes, more so. But yeah, what's you could also say what's uh, you know what, what's the hardest thing about being on the women's roller derby team? What telling your parents you're gay? I mean, you could you, you could, could put find that, a lot of different. What's the hardest thing about joining the yeah. navy? Telling your parents you're gay. <laughs> what's, what's the, the hardest, hardest thing, thing about, about eating collecting? a sandwich? <laughs> telling your parents you're gay. <laughs> the hardest thing about having like a large collection of commemorative plates. <laughs> telling your parents you're gay. <laughs> what's the hardest part about stopping your parents from having sex with you? <laughs> telling your parents you're gay. <laughs> what's the trickiest uh, element of dog ownership? <laughs> Telling your parents you're gay. Yeah, it's true. That really could fit into anywhere. I think that we should start... What's the hardest part about getting a a renewed driver's license? (laughs) Telling your parents you're gay. It really is one of the hardest things you could do, I think. (laughs) What's what's the hardest part about being born? Like, just the act of being birthed? Ow. Telling your parents you're gay. gay. (laughs) What's the hardest part of an optometrist exam? 
Telling it bad to get. And filling out some of the insurance forms. Yeah, well, that's really you know, quite that long can be and very hard. overwhelming. <laughs> I really want to keep going with Telling this. Telling your parents again. I'm keeping all of this, by the way. <laughs> Good idea. Just I think this is really there. the most important part of it. Just don't tell my parents I'm gay. Yeah, the, so... Damn. <laughs> so I'm going to ruin that moment with the word so, and then an ellipsis. Did you ever have a 9-to-5 period? Well, a very short time. Yeah. I was, Well, jobs I've had. I worked at Wendy's and Peterborough. Right. I worked at uh, Burger King for a short time. Sure. Then I worked at Beaver Gas, a right. gas station, yeah. uh, for about eight months. Then I went to university. Uh, I always tried to work in my field, you know? Yeah. But then when I came to Toronto, I did pedicabbing for a while. Oh, cool. But, yeah. And rickshaws. And, uh, then no I, way. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. I really didn't enjoy pulling Jeez. people around. I do not like to serve people. I, I really, it's a thing I just don't yeah. enjoy. And I've, you get, you have I, to, isn't it I a realize that about myself. Of, uh, get paid, like the... There's a no set price. It's oh, kind there of... is a buy the block. Oh, okay, and then you get they can tip. You I feel bad for me. I've I've only done it. I've it only done it like when there's like really horrible. no cabs available. Like yeah. if the subway breaks down or if there's who are the people using this? I mean, in general, I'm, like are these it would be, are I would use like, it in that donkey, situation. Donkey, donkey. <laughs> like, yes, you know, I know. Like, it's not cool. Yeah, it's a guy. It's it's a guy with the worst idea of how to impress his date in the world. <laughs> All right, I'll hire a boy to run. <laughs> yeah, who'll be much fitter than me. <laughs> I know. I'll find this hot guy to like uh, pull I, uh, us. But it was actually another comedian who mentioned Rock Bell to me. It was Andy Kindler. Oh, I love Andy. Name-checked Nick Lowe. And, uh, and I was opening for him, which was amazing. I'm really stoked. I have, you have no idea. I'm, I, I, I'm like a... I love doing comedy, but I still get very excited to be working with with people who I respect. It's the no, best. Me, you no. Know. no, you're sick of it, I can I'm tell. I'm tired of people you're over I respect. Yeah. As if, if they could only just all disappear, think I've of it. I've come to You'd disrespect the, the people Well, well speaking of that, I've, I've noticed um, your banter back and forth with Gordon Pinsett. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yes, I know. Someone should bottle that and put that as a, as a <laughs> it's TV show. It's very entertaining, man, but people, I get too mean to Gordon, you know. <laughs> well, that's the best part. <laughs> well, uh, you can actually feel his eyebrow, like, right, just <laughs> well, he's checking just in with you. He's so unassailable, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just so amazing and just such a legend in his own mind, or in his own life, <laughs> in his own time. <laughs> And, Everything, uh, all yeah, of all of those things, and you know he's really charming, and you know he's unassailable. You can't haul down Gordon Pinsent; he's just beyond you. Just on the voice alone. Yes, I know. And now he's doing the Olympic uh, trailers for the uh, the Olympic Games. But he's uh, he's just, we just have this. Uh, when I first worked with him, I was doing my uh, comedy special for CBC when I first went solo called Comics. They used to do a series called Comics, right. Half Hours. You had to have a B-roll kind of sketch. Uh-huh. And mine was, I did this I did this character called Dame Sybil. Right. And she's a crazy, like, battle act, actress. And I was teaching a master class of acting, and they had all these young actors, and Gordon Pinsent, they asked him to do it with us. And he could not stop laughing through the whole <laughs> thing. Like, he would just ruin every take. <laughs> And he just something, he said, something about you. I just, you made me laugh. And the, so he had ruined every take. And then uh, we were doing a movie called St. Ralph, and he played a big part in it, and I just played this little part. And I come in to see him in his office. 
and he ruined every take of that. <laughs> and then, uh, so out of that, we kind of developed. So this you have a little bit of license to poke fun. Bug, bug him a little bit, but yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, I was in Toronto for the Comedy Awards, and I was really just like. What's wrong with you, Gordon? Why is Christopher Plummer so amazing? <laughs> getting great gigs, and look at you. Huh? And I just was really good. And people were dying, but then his daughter, uh, <laughs> Leah, was just so upset oh. with me for being mean to her dad. And I said to him, I'm so sorry. Leah's upset. He says, well, that's just what we do, Sean. That's, that's what we do. And so well, he kind of nice. let me off the hook, but uh, I still felt bad because yeah. it was pretty. Well, you don't want harsh. to. What did she say to you? Did she say no? She just wouldn't talk to me. She walked. Oh, she walked God. by me. Oh wait a minute! That could have been. That could have been like the moment we had on Young Street. Well, no, I think it was pretty me. studied. I didn't say. Oh, oh there right. is Stanko. There and was... then left. I, you couldn't hear my eye roll, <laughs> but it was happening. But you heard her eye roll. The I saw it. So, because she was physically in front of me, well, looking cool. at me and then looking away and leaving with fury, spitting bile from that her eyelids. Of, you know, that kind of stuff stays with you. It sure does. You it know? makes you upset. It does. And do you ever? Did you ever have after shows people ever like come up to you and say, I "Really hated how you." Just Lubagoy. Lubagoy. If we had this, is a strange story. I was doing this thing for. Uh, uh, Hartman, Phil Hartman right. Foundation oh, yeah. in Brantford, where he was from, right. at this beautiful theater. And it was like a big gala, and there were a lot of people on it. Luba Goy was on it, blah, 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 and me. And, um, and Lauren Michaels was there, and you know Dan Aykroyd, a lot of people. Right. Wow. And I, uh, she did her bit, and it was whatever. And I did mine, and I just destroyed like I just killed it and yeah. I did like five minutes I was supposed to do five minutes yeah. just absolutely tore the place apart right and then afterwards at the, the party like and then Lauren Michaels came up and talked to me said well, what do you do where are you coming where are you? and I oh. got an audition for Saturday Night Live out of it and that's mm-hmm. another horrible story I've, right. I've heard of that audition I've heard that you auditioned yeah. anyways yeah. anyway so I did that so he was everybody was you know, wow that was so great Dan Aykroyd talked to me in his weird way mm-hmm. and everything <laughs> and then uh, she comes up to me and says you know as you uh, become more experienced in this uh, in this field you're going to learn to do your time you're not going to run over like you did today and right. you know you get excited and you do a little too long but you know, you just got to learn to respect other people. Right. And I was like, your set didn't go well, did it? You didn't do well. Did you, you said that back no, to her? No, I didn't. But I mean, it was just so <laughs> annoying. Because you were, you did your time. I did it's, my time. Yeah. And I did well. Yeah. So there and was no then issue. And she was, she is weird. And <laughs> anyway. you know, I, it's, I, I think that should be a, that should be almost like a compliment, that, really. Yeah, yeah it should yeah. be. Take it, it as a compliment. But uh, then after that, I went down to New York and did a, a Catch a Rising Star. I did a a uh, oh, stand up New York. I did a set, and the writers were there, and I they said, "Would you like to come and do be on Saturday Night Live? Just mm-hmm. come and join the cast." And I was right. like, "Oh, 
yes, but I am in a deal with CBS right now. Right. I can get uh, out of it, so I didn't get to do the show. Well, I had it if I wanted it. Yeah, but you were and in the CBS thing. And I couldn't thing. add a deal that I was already in. Like a so. holding deal kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but is the, is the invitation no, still No, well, that was a while ago, and I'm very old now. But you look the same as before. Yeah, I, I know. Well, maybe one day when I'm 70. I would love to. I mean, it's, but you, there was that, there was a couple of years in there. There was, there wasn't Michael McKeon added to the cast yeah. at an older age. There. Yeah, yeah. And um, just that, and, that uh, year. The, Mike there, McKinney. Mike McKinney. Yeah. Mark McKinney yeah. from uh, Kids, right? Mark McKinney, yeah. And uh, that whole year with Chris Elliott and Mark McKinney. Was that sort of the era we're talking about here? No, it was. 99. Oh, yeah. yeah so, I mean, Tina Fey was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I man. It was a good time. Yeah. Is, uh, Horatio Sands. Are there any more delightful stories like that you'd like to share? I don't know. I don't. I didn't mean to bring up the SNL thing, but, you know, being a huge SNL fan, I love just any story surrounding that show. Sure. Well, on WTF, they're all, he's, uh, Mark Maron's obsessed, it seems like, with... with yeah, but he's got it in uh, with Lauren Michaels. He's got he it in bad with Lauren. He had a, with Lauren I'm Michaels, just a so fan, man. To get and I just start, he, even Lorraine Newman, he was trying to draw something out, and she's like, "Everyone loves Lauren," you know. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Now, Do you want to I, say anything I, horrible I'd heard about, about <laughs> no, I think he's all right. I yeah, mean, he's he's, he's a very successful guy. I can, don't know him at all. Can you do an impression of him? No. Can well, you? I can't do Doctor Evil. I can't do a Lauren Michaels impression, but I can do an impression of the many. Speaking of Doctor Evil. You're in Love Guru. I am in a terrible little cameo. <laughs> and there it blows is a, your mind. There is a it's story, a great story about that. I was in. Uh, I was, uh, you know, the Love Guru is a weird situation because Mike was coming back to Toronto to do a hockey movie with his, his Toronto Maple Leafs, and it was kind of like his nod to all the people he worked with in Second City and everything like that. Right. So he was going to put a right. lot of people from his past into the show. And uh, first, they did a, a staged reading of it, which mm-hmm. I don't really understand what, why. Mm-hmm. But I read Dick Pants, who uh, was played eventually by the guy from uh, the English guy from The Daily Show. Oh, John Oliver! Oh, yeah, John, yeah, John Oliver! John Oliver yeah. And I, we all had played these parts, and there were, and you know, we did it for nothing, and it was yeah. all at the Four Seasons Hotel, beautiful, like or the Park Hyatt, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, blah, blah, blah. We had to get back the scripts and everything like Uh that. And then he said, well, come and uh, we want Sean to come in and audition for the referee. Right. Right. And he said, oh, okay. So I get the script and it's just like, you're out of (laughs) here. Blow your whistle. That was the audition. So I did that. Six months go by. I haven't heard anything. And then about a week before they start shooting, he calls and says, hey. Then somebody calls and says, we want Sean to be the referee in the movie. We want him to blow the whistle. Yeah. So I say, okay, uh, that's fine. I guess it'll be, you know, you can never say no to anything. Yeah. uh, In Canada. And uh, so you get in, I get in there, and I was about the next, my wife was very pregnant, like nine months pregnant Mm -hmm. with our first son. And he, um, and and so we get up at six in the morning. I'm called at six or something like that. So we get up at five, and she's going to drive me in, and then she, her water breaks in the kitchen and uh, she says I'll just go in like I can't cancel now so I just okay we'll just go in we'll see what how I progress and if you have to leave you have to leave that's the way it goes so I go in and I sit there for probably about nine hours 
in a room. We're not allowed to eat the snacks. Oh my god! It, it's kind of a strange old like that's not yours. I was you're treated like an extra, and all oh the people god. who were on the show, like his Second City pals, were all treated like they had no lines. Uh-huh. They stood behind the bench, or they they couldn't leave the shot. They'd be yeah. there forever, you know. And to get and it was you were just like a non-pay. So he just wants to like watch. The movie someday I'd be like, all oh, those guys. I really don't. No, they really could strange. eat the snacks though. His buddies. Yeah, yeah. I guess they could. I, I don't know. I mean, that's not necessarily true. But he would, um, if he was shooting, he would. There were, the whole place was full of people. Like it was shot at the ACC the first day, mm-hmm. and the whole crowd was there mm-hmm. to be shot. And every wow. time he was like, it, they did a reverse. He would say, uh, I don't want these people in my eye line. Oh, so wow. everyone from one whole half of the mm-hmm. arena would have to be evacuated and moved into the tunnels. I mean, has he always been Holy like this? Shit. I mean, has, has so Mike that Myers... would take an hour. Is he? Is he? Holy has he always been this I don't demanding? Know. He's a bit mad. Yeah, but um, it it's weird. And uh, finally, you know, I did my shot stuff, and you know, I took me five minutes. Yeah, and I was out, and my wife had not really gone into labor yet. She okay. still was bathing. So yeah. twelve hours, That's twelve good. hour day for five minutes. That's right. the movies. I get it. Yeah, and uh, so I did another day like that where they, I had something to do. I had a show at ten o'clock at night, and right. they said, "We'll come in at ten. It's out in Pickering. We'll get you in and out. Boom." And I got out there at ten, put on my skates, got in my uniform, did the whole, and waited for about. 11 hours uh-huh. and then uh, they finally shot four minutes and then I left uh-huh. and you know they just treated all treated me like I was you know was a snack situation no, well I do know we got water bottled water and stuff but wow. you know and you had a lunch with the extras right but then I uh, I never seen the movie I've never watched it I didn't want to but mm-hmm. I've been told else that uh, my dent voice was dubbed out <laughs> oh and they God. put in another voice but you have a voice. I was gonna say you and Gordon Pinsett should have a show together because there's just these two voice. Well, they didn't find it adequate, yeah. <laughs> so they put a, they dubbed in someone else's voice to add to the humiliation of that. But uh, wow. you know, but there's I've I know uh, Mike Myers' brother, uh, Paul Myers, who used to be a musician, right? Like yeah. all the gravel berries. Who had like he looks like Mike. He's there. Wayne's incredible. world. Well, he like, actually back in, the day. in the original. Um, Maybe it's the second Austin Powers movie. There's him in a block of ice, and there it's actually Paul standing in the block oh, of ice. Funny, they, they look, look exactly yeah. alike. They look alike, especially when he uh, had longer hair. Yeah, right. So. But he's he's got his guitar because he was in a band. I yeah. saw this a few times taking the subway back in the nineties. People were like, "Are you Mike Myers?" Well, I, I knew better because I had seen like I yeah. put two and two together because his videos would get played on much music. Yeah, and I'm like, Mike Myers is in a legit band. Yeah, and then I realized it was his brother. But go on. Sorry. But anyway, he's uh, he tells this funny story about when Phil Hartman died. It sounds right. like a bad thing, right. but um, oh, what's his name? The the little guy who always got there. That's a ticket. You know who I mean? Oh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Oh yeah, yeah. John Lovitz was just the most outrageous guy, and he'd always say the worst possible thing right. just just to get a laugh. And they're all at having a wake. Yeah. At uh, Mike Myers' house, and everybody's there, all of Phil Hartman's friends. And Mike Myers says, oh, my God, I can't believe she killed him. It's so horrible. And everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, I I can't believe she shot him and then shot herself. And everybody's like, oh, man. Yeah, it's terrible. 
I just can't believe that she, while he was asleep, completely unaware, she took a gun, put it up to his head, shot him to death, and then took that gun and shot herself in the head. And John Levitt suddenly says, You're making it sound much worse than it was. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's a pig. That, is, that makes me laugh. That makes me laugh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, this is it. I mean, we didn't do a, a firm end. We just kind of just faded into. Yeah. So this I think is you what can fix it in post. We don't. You don't want to like a. Okay. If you want, what do you want to say? Bye. Thank you, Sean. Well, it's been a real pleasure being here today. I love this area. Is and, this the formal uh, ending? Yeah, I'm really enjoying my life. It's a magic thing having <laughs> you here. My life has been enhanced by this experience, and I want to thank you. That's all we want, to Rick enhance your Danko. life. Yeah, thank you. Everybody fired up. we got to win that silver cup. You, sir, you with the gentle hands that would make an ostrich squeal. <laughs> what? It's the food of the Dunderlock tonight. Marshmallows. I will take marshmallows and I will melt them in a giant vat. And then I will take the melted marshmallow, hot, 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 and pour it into the back of a blacksmith's bellows. Then I will creep into your house at night, stand over your upturned nostrils as you snore, and drive hot marshmallow into your lungs. And you say, oh, where's the chocolate and the food of your choice? Well, I'm your lion tonight. Yes, the food of your choice. Well, I'm your lion tonight. Food of choice. Thank you.